You're listening to Talking Taiwan with your host, Felicia Lin. My guest on today's episode of Talking Taiwan is Richard Boston Wong, an English language broadcaster for Taiwan's Baseball League, who's also been called the voice of baseball since taking on that role. Richard had been a Mandarin Chinese baseball commentator with Fox Sports in Taiwan. Then, Eleven Sports Taiwan decided to start broadcasting baseball games in English. Once it became clear that Taiwan would be the first professional sports league in the world to open up in 2020 due to the coronavirus pandemic. Welcome to the podcast, Richard. Uh, thank you very much for having me. I wanted to talk to Richard because Taiwan is in a really unique situation now with the coronavirus pandemic. Since it has so successfully contained the spread of the virus, it has been the first to televise a live professional baseball game in 2020. And now, it is the first to have spectators at its live baseball games this year, right? Yes. Could you tell me what happened when you realized that this was going to be the case, and how did you prepare for it? Well, the, the thing is that as soon as we know that, that we're going to be the first uh, sports league, or not just baseball, uh, the first sports league in the world to open yes. the season, we're actually very excited about it because um, it, it's going to uh, bring the, the, the sense of normalcy uh, back to the public uh, as far as the COVID-19 is, is concerned. And uh, I also believe that the reason we are able to start the season as the first in the world is because that our government has led us to do a very good job uh, on pandemic prevention. Uh, you know, starting from you know, closing the border earlier and then have the masks uh, ready and uh, available for everybody uh, on the island, that uh, I believe they were doing a pretty good job. And that was uh, the, the thing. And also, we are able to uh, start the season. So uh, we feel like it's a very good uh, situation. It's a very good opportunity for us to tell the world that, uh, uh, you know, in the beginning that we, we thought that we could just tell the world uh, to introduce our baseball to the world. But later we thought that it would be a tremendous opportunity for us to tell the world what kind of uh, pandemic prevention job that we are doing here and that it's going to bring uh, more kind of uh, normalcy the sense of normalcy to the people in the world. As, as mm -hmm. we can tell the world that if you're doing something that we're doing right now, then you have your life back to normalcy as much as possible. Uh, the, the thing is, um, what well, we, we know it's going to be, we are going to be the first league to open the season. And actually before that, I thought about uh, broadcasting our baseball games to the world, but I, I also, uh, I gave my thoughts to one of my friends, uh, I mean, two of them uh, in the, broadcasting business mm -hmm. and and then it was uh, 11 sports network here in taiwan and who's uh managing director simone kang who actually uh, made it happen she just you know called me and said okay we're gonna do it uh without any support at that time so the league did not think about doing it the the club actually didn't think about doing it either but it was the broadcasting partner for the, one of the teams. Uh, the name of the team is Lactin Monkeys. Mm -hmm. and, and the broadcasting is Eleven Sports Network. So uh, okay. Simone Kang thought that it, it's a good idea to do it. And mm -hmm. we're going to show the world what, what our baseball is. At that time, we're, we're only thinking of uh, showing the world what, what our baseball is. And the thing is, 
It's a big challenge for me because I'm not a native speaker, although mm-hmm. that I, I, I can have a conversation with anyone uh, in English, but uh, it is also a big challenge for me because I've been doing the broadcasting, uh, the baseball broadcasting for at least six or seven years, uh-huh. but it is in Mandarin. Yeah? Right. So I, I'm, a, I'm a Chinese uh, broadcaster right. uh, for the Major League Baseball here, and uh, well, I've never, I never done it in English. Yeah. So uh, it was a big challenge, so I went to find a partner for myself who I get to know uh, back in 2015 when we were having the uh, Premier 12. That, that's one of the biggest tournaments here uh, mm-hmm. in the world for baseball. So uh, I found this guy uh, whose name is Wayne McNeil. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's from Canada. And so uh, we, the two of us just you know, started to work together starting um, in mid-April. Okay. And uh, in the first week, I mean, for the opening day, the game was canceled because of the rain. And then the next oh. day, the game was canceled again. So oh we, were, we were really like up in the air. air yeah. like, like, especially for myself. I mean, it'll be easier for, for uh, Wayne to speak in his native tongue in covering baseball. Sure. But uh, it is still for, uh, quite nervous for me uh, yeah. to, to try to you know, get yeah. through this. Sure. But well, we, were able, we were able to start it. And then in the first week alone, we have like more than 5 million viewers out there wow. watching five games. So we were very yeah. excited about it. And that was a very good uh, try uh, for the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And after we had that kind of success, all the teams here in Taiwan, I mean, of course, we only have four teams here, but all other three teams, they want to do their English broadcast. So nowadays, mm-hmm. uh, for all the CBBO games, you, you, you can uh, watch the English broadcast every night. That's wonderful. And yeah. um, what was it like initially? Because the live games didn't have any spectators or fans. So what was, what was the atmosphere like? Well, the thing is, it is certainly strange because we are so used to have a lot of fans uh, in the stadium, especially that uh, the fan re- uh, interaction is one of the biggest uh, yeah. you know, element and or attraction for Taiwanese baseball here because uh, the fans will follow the lead by the uh, cheer girls or the cheer team to, s- to sing and to chant and to yeah. jump up and down yeah. from the beginning of the yeah, from the first pitch until the you know, the final pitch of the game. But uh, as far as the players concerned, I think they are more used to it than we are because um, the CBBO did start the uh, the fanless game uh, at the second part of the exhibition season oh. uh, because of the coronavirus. So oh, right. the players are kind of used to it. Mm. But uh, it is for us uh, who uh, usually we usually were surrounded by fans. And uh, it is a little bit strange for us to, to see nobody understand. But however, I mean, also, uh, I mean, the clubs are showing a lot of uh, creative ideas because, uh, for example, Lactin Monkeys, who opened the season as the first team in, in Taiwan, they put a lot of cardboard cutouts people on the stand. They also yeah. have some mannequins right. on the stand. Also, they have the, the, the robot drummer. So I think they are trying to do as much as they can or do the best they can to bring the sense of, uh, you know, as if they are Some fans. Some type of excitement, stand. yeah. Yeah, and especially for the for the players, because the players are very used to, uh, you know, listening to the fans and listening to the music and everything. So uh, uh, the club just try to do as much as they can to bring the, still bring the music and to still have the cheer girls dancing uh, on the side of the, uh, on the stand. So uh, mm-hmm. to try to create the sense of, uh, we're still, you know, playing a game as we used to do, but uh, yeah, it's a little bit different this year. But uh, uh, they're just trying to bring, uh, you know, just like what I said, the sense of normalcy or yeah. how it used to be 
uh, back to the life of you know not not just the uh, the, the baseball players, but uh, actually to the general public when they are watching mm-hmm. the game. When you first started mm-hmm. broadcasting. And there were no fans in the stadiums, and you have all these like different kinds of cutouts, mm-hmm. and then robots, and like what kinds of things did you have going on? Do, do you know where they yeah. normally have robots, or was that because the there was no fans in the stadium that they had these drumming robots? Oh no 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 no! Uh, that that was completely because there was no fans on the stand, uh-huh. and the creative teams of the Latin Monkeys they are trying to bring some sense of oh I would say normalcy because you, you you normally don't see the people the color our cardboard colors on the screen yeah. but they're trying to bring some sense of participation yes uh, for the fans actually I mean for those cardboard colors it is also I mean they are actually available for the fans to purchase so if oh. you purchase uh, the cardboard cutout and you send your picture in there <laughs> and the club is going to uh, put your face on the cardboard cutouts and okay. they, they will put that uh, on the seat that you designated mm-hmm. as long as we don't have the fans in the stand then you, your, your face can be there and then watching the <laughs> game in, in a way now you're not here but you're here yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But uh, but since now uh, we we uh, opened the gate uh, for the stadium right now. I mean, and they are still in the stadium, but we just moved that uh, to somewhere else. But they're right. still somewhere out there in the, st- yeah. in the on the stand and watching the game as well. So still, if you're not here, but you're still here. But uh, the, with yeah. more interesting thing is that yeah. uh, one of the uh, foreign players' wife actually secretly purchased the cardboard cutout. So so when <laughs> when one of those days when the player came to the stadium and saw his wife's uh, picture on, on on the stand, he was so like impressed and he was so excited to see that so uh, that was one of the interesting stories as well yeah i think i heard about that story that was one of the players in the u.s that came over here but because of what happened with the pandemic yes his yeah his name is one carpenter and yeah. those those like robots do they like drum and yes. actually react in real time to the players or something like that or is it like some kind of preset program well, no, I I don't know if they really react to the players' performance in real time, but uh, they've been loud because they've been playing the drums from the very beginning of the inning until the, the final pitches. So, uh, I mean, they are there to provide uh, entertainment, or well, maybe to the players, because, you know, the players are so used to yeah. play in an environment where you know, they are surrounded by the fans and mm-hmm. surrounded by the very loud and uh, yeah. what noisy fans but right. uh, uh, with all the music going on with all the uh, the drums going on I think the club are trying to bring the sense of you know playing environment right. uh, to the players for them to, to, to yeah. go through the difficult period of time but nowadays we have the fans back and it's really good to hear them I mean, I mean it's good as far as we know We've been broadcasting again for the past a month or so without fans on the stand. Mm-hmm. It feels so good, had, uh, especially the first game on May 8th, they were able to hear the, you know, the sound from the real person uh, yeah. you know, on the stand. Yeah. As, uh, even they all you know, sit uh, apart from each other. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing is, even that they're sitting apart from each other, then that makes the entire area of you know the, the occupants kind of much bigger because they have to sit apart. But it, it's kind of like you know, I f- we feel like you know, the sound are from everywhere in the stadium because they are sitting so far apart from each other. But mm-hmm. it is a very interesting experience because well, now we have one thousand people, now we have two thousand people on the stand. They, they can't really sit together, but so they are also you know, spreading out. And if it just feel like you know there are so many uh, energy in the stadium, although even if they are uh, you know sitting apart. 
and uh, we're just looking forward to have more people and then to have a, in, even more energized stadiums. Maybe in a, in a month or maybe in two weeks to come, we should be able to uh, have a lot of fans coming to the stadium. Right. Yeah, that's exciting. And the stadium opened on um, to the public on, what was it, on May 8th? Is that right? Yes, May 8th, yeah. yeah. And how, how are the live games now? Well, well, we have up to, what, on May 8th, uh, we were allowed to have up to 1,000 fans uh-huh. on the stand. And it is also by the recommendation and the guideline from the, the Central Epidemic Command Center. And I, a week later, we are allowed to have uh, up to 2,000 people uh, on the stand. And, okay. uh, well, the fans are certainly very happy about it, especially I mean, in the first week when we, we, when we were only having 1,000 fans, that there were rules about you know, that you're not able to eat. I mean, in oh, the stadium. Right. Yeah, that was part of the, the regulations. Uh-huh. And, but since then, we are able to have up to 2,000 fans, and the government is allowing us uh, to sell the, uh, the box meals. Mm-hmm. So uh, the fans are able to uh, eat uh, in, in the stadium while they're okay. watching the game. Because the baseball game goes for three hours or four hours. Yeah. Sometimes here in Taiwan, yeah. when it goes long, it goes for five hours. So it's going to be very difficult for, for the fans not being able to eat. Yeah, uh, in in the stadium, and uh, nowadays, well, they are able to have uh, you know a lot of choices from the concession stands, and we're just trying to make sure that all the concession stands, uh, food and everything, uh, is up to the uh, uh, regulations right. uh, set by the, the government. So uh, the fans can eat, can drink right now, so mm-hmm. they are quite happy when they come back to the stand. And we are told that it is possible that. As soon as uh, in probably mid June or maybe the early part of June, they will be able to take the cap of the uh, the maximum number of crowd that is allowed in the stadium. So by then, uh-huh. I believe that we will have more fans coming in uh, uh-huh. to the stadium to watch the baseball game in person. Oh, that's exciting. And how yeah. would you compare live baseball games in Taiwan to the U.S.? I, I have actually been to one baseball game in Taiwan, and I have to say I was huh. very surprised. It, it was, was very, very noisy, right? Noisy. <laughs> very There's loud. like a lot of noisemakers <laughs> yes. and like music yeah. and a lot of things going yeah. on. I'm like, what's going on? It's like a whole sideshow. Yes. Yeah. I think that uh, I believe that there are two different things uh, that uh, if you compare the Taiwanese baseball and Major League Baseball yeah. in the States, that number one is that all the fans are very much into the game and into the winning and losing part of it. So uh, uh, the fans, they are very uh, concentrated uh, in uh, cheering for the team. Mm-hmm. And it's unlike in the States, a lot of people didn't, I mean, it, I mean, it's a huge stadium, just like the, the background that you're showing me right now. It's a huge stadium with uh, 40,000 people mm-hmm. uh, capacity there. And a mm-hmm. lot of people going there, you know, they, they're going to the stadium to watch the game, but also it's also a very uh, common for, for the U.S. Uh, audience to use the baseball game as a social outing. Mm-hmm. But here in Taiwan, oh, we have a smaller stadium, and the biggest one we have here is only 20,000. But, you know, for those 20,000 people who are in the stadium, they, they pretty much pay attention to every and single pitch. Mm-hmm. So they, they are very much into the game as for, uh, you know, what this hour is going to be, what that hit is going to be, and they pay a lot of attention to that. And the other thing is that we, we have the cheerleading squad, not only the cheer girls, but also the cheerleading squad with, with the, uh, the, the band, the trumpet, the live trumpet, the live drums. Also, we have uh, music from the speaker system as well. So uh, from the beginning of the game until the end of the game, 
and those things are on like constantly. Yeah. So that that is why yeah. you described it when you when you come back to Taiwan and you went to Taiwan again, you feel like it is all noisy, but. Uh, maybe it feels like it's noisy and loud for the first uh, time visitor, just like you. Yeah. But if you come to the game for maybe a few more times, then you quickly learn all the songs of the players. Then you'll be able to follow the you know, the instruction of, of the other oh, cheer girls they to all have dance songs? with them. Wow. Yeah. yeah, every player when they come to the bat, uh, when, when they come at bat, uh -huh. they have their own songs. Oh, really? Club all, yeah, the club all made up those the songs for them and for their fans. They, I mean, if you if you are a, a true fan of the team, that you practically can sing every song for every player uh, on the team that you really like. So um, it is more 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 like a festivity that going on when, when the game is going on here. So everybody sings, and everybody you know, just watch every pitch. So um, there will be ahs and oohs, and there will be cheers and everything. So from the beginning, uh, from the first pitch of the game until the final pitch of the game. It is all very lively. Yeah, it, it, it would be like in the states that uh, you know the, the crowd would be brought back to the game when there is a nice play. But uh, here in, in Taiwan, when you go to a game here in CBP, it's just like you need to pay attention to every game because everything like there are so many things going on in one game, and mm -hmm. while like you know, at least ten thousand people are, are focusing on the same thing. I mean, the reaction that you get and the interaction that you have from the fans, those are amazing. You um, are a really huge Boston Red Sox fan, right? Like, can, oh, yeah, yeah, I live in yeah. Boston. Yeah, live, yeah live, and you live lived in Boston. Boston. What brought years? you to yeah. Boston? Can you talk a little bit about that? Ah, sure. Uh, well, it was, I think it was back in 1992. Um, my parents just decided to send me to Boston to study. So, uh, uh -huh. I got several offers of the I-20s from different schools, and my father said, okay, I guess he's been to Boston when, when, uh, in his younger age, so he's like, okay, Boston's a good place to study. You just go there. So uh, I and my father, uh, he came to the States with me uh, for, for me to stay with me for like maybe three or four days before he uh, went home. Mm -hmm. So uh, we, we went to Boston, and uh, the interesting uh, is that uh, – the first hotel that we stayed, it was right across from the street from the Fenway Park. So, oh, and okay. at that time, I didn't really know it because uh, if you know that Fenway Park doesn't look like a baseball stadium from outside uh -huh. because it is in a very old neighborhood. So, but uh, mm -hmm. we actually walked by it, yeah. and I, I saw the floodlight, you know, uh, of the stadium. But uh, as we were just walking by, because we walked to the uh, the language school that I was going to uh, go uh, first uh -huh. to register, so we didn't get a chance to get in there. But uh, right. I, I soon learned that I live next, right next to Fenway Park, so I started to uh, go to a lot of games and became a Red Sox fan back then. So I spent like roughly nine years uh, in the States, and I, I started inter you know, interior design first, and then I changed my major to architecture, and later that I, w I worked in the, in the architecture firm for roughly about a year before I come home uh, to Taiwan. And uh, well, one of the things that I, I really like to talk about is that uh, in 1999 I was able to cover the All-Star Game which, is, mm -hmm. which, which was held in Boston and it was oh, wow. very very uh, unforgettable unforgettable experience for me uh, as far as a, uh, yeah. a journalist uh, career is concerned uh, because at that time I was uh, actually working and also I covered the games and uh, it was quite some experiences. Wow that's great so when did you um get interested in baseball have you, have you always been interested as a kid or did that start when you were in the states or 
Uh, yeah, no, I, of course. I'm basically every every kid here in Taiwan. We, we are interested in baseball in one way or another. I, I started to get interested in baseball when I was in the I think it was the fourth or fifth grade uh, when I was uh, in Taiwan. And the the funny thing is that I started to get interested in, in softball for the the women's softball mm -hmm. because there was yeah. a World Cup uh, of women's softball here first. And then I was very oh, much into it, and then that brought me to, yeah, and that brought me to baseball, and uh, then no, oh, the rest is story because you know when I went to the high school, it was the the I think it was the very first year of the CBB up here, so uh, usually we have uh, late classes in high school until maybe uh, six mm -hmm. or seven o'clock in the night, but in in those days, uh, like one or I mean at least one of our classmates. Would uh, would be bringing a little uh, radio, and uh, during the class, uh, also, I mean, of course, the, the the last class of the day, mm -hmm. uh, you know, <laughs> somebody will be listening to it yeah. at, at the back of the classroom, so uh -huh. uh, the, the teacher would not see it, like so obviously. <laughs> But well, I believe that even the teacher saw it, he was, like he or she wouldn't you know, really you know yell at us or something like that. But yeah. uh, somebody is always there uh, in the classroom to listen to the baseball, so. Uh, even if we're in the class, we're so into like you know the, the scores and whether there, there will be a big player here and there. So um, in the high school, that's where we started to uh, uh, get interested in uh, professional baseball. Uh -huh. here because it was the first year uh, for Taiwan to have prof professional baseball. So after the high school, I went to the states, and uh, you know the, uh, when you go to When you go to Boston, it's a big, big baseball city yeah, there, yeah. and and then you live right next to it. Right. Uh, I mean, for for a couple of years, I had I had an apartment right next to Fenway Park, and during the night, wow. where our games, I would just you know turn turn my lights off in the living room, and I just let the lights from the stadium just kind of flooded into my living room as I listened to the radio broadcasting of baseball. So. Uh, At the same time, it was a very good opportunity for me to learn English, uh, mm -hmm. especially on the listening part as well, because all the sports broadcasting, they go very fast. So yeah. I was able to uh, enjoy the game on radio while I also enjoyed the lights from Fenway Park, and I just sat in my living room. And th those are one of the, uh, the very uh, memorable days of my student life in Boston. That's wonderful. So, did you always dream about working or doing some kind of job that was related to baseball? Well, when I was in the states, I was a writer for the local magazine. I mean, for the Taiwanese magazine here, uh -huh. I covered into the baseball. But I never thought that I would go into the broadcasting because, uh, I mean, there was there was not something that you plan because uh, you you do need some uh, training and everything mm -hmm. like that. So, but after I went back to Taiwan, I come back to Taiwan. I started to work with the league here. Mm -hmm. And I was doing the international affairs and also the administrative uh, administrative uh, duties as well. But I worked with the league for 14 seasons, and uh, I left in 2014. And that that is when I got recruited by the Fox Sports here in Taiwan uh, to do the Major League Baseball game. That is when I actually uh, officially started to learn how to broadcast the games on TV. And also, you never you know prepare yourself to. To work on the English broadcast at all because that's not something that you really you can plan or you can you can wish or anything like that. And also, as I mentioned, that uh, English was is not my native tongue and mm -hmm. it's going to be a big challenge for me. So, I mean, in the past, I never thought that it would be a situation for me to broadcast uh, Taiwanese baseball to the world in English. Oh, I 
I did broadcast Major League Baseball uh, to Taiwan, Taiwanese audience in, in Chinese, but it was never in my dream uh, to broadcast Taiwanese baseball to the world in English. There was something really, I mean, when you think about it right now, it, it's still kind of surreal for me yes. that we'll be doing this for the past, what, a month or almost two months, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, it's a very unique experience, but yeah. I, I feel so proud of doing that because just like I mentioned in the beginning of the um, the program that we're not just only showing the world how our baseball is, we're actually showing the world uh, what kind of uh, solid achievement that we have, uh, you know, in regarding on uh, the pandemic prevention and we're fighting against the coronavirus. And also that I'm doing the games that, that we're broadcasting. I'm trying to uh, introduce the cultures and, uh, and traditions and everything that we are able to, you know, show it to the world so um, by it is also like a, a cultural program as we are you know, broadcasting baseball games and we are also showing a lot of Taiwanese food to the worldwide audience as well so sometimes you know we have the game here starting uh 6:30 or you know 5 uh, in in the evening here and for the US audience over there it's like in the morning time so uh number one we call this a, a baseball uh, a breakfast baseball <laughs> For the audience, <laughs> right. uh, in the, especially in the east coast of the U.S., and also uh, th- there were a lot of food that, that was shown uh, on our games because we usually do it like in the fifth inning stretch. Mm-hmm. So it'll be like maybe seven or eight o'clock uh, in the morning uh, in the U.S. time. So a lot of fans are just well, they are very interested in seeing all, what kind of food that we have here in the stadium or in Taiwan. Yeah, they, sometimes they are also complaining that uh, us talking about food in the morning <laughs> really hungry. So that was one of the very interesting feedback that we got from the, from our fans as well. Speaking of English broadcasting, when I was doing some research to prepare for this interview, I came across this video from a CPBL game that went viral and I wanted to share it with you. <laughs> I'm sure that um, the video has gone viral and has been like very yeah, I, talked I, about. I, um, I know exactly what yeah. it is. Yes, yes. Could you share some thoughts about that? Do you know who is announcing oh, sure. that, I mean, that uh, and what's about what's yeah, the I know, story I know. on that? The, the, yeah, I, well, that is one of my uh, uh, media friends. Uh, okay, uh, that video clip, yeah, it, it went viral, and also, I mean, the announcer, uh, I believe his last name is Xi. Uh, Mr. Xi has a very unique way of calling a home run call, uh, especially in, in Mandarin. And um, he just came back to, uh, he just came to me the other day. I mean, there was, I believe it was 2013 from that clip. Wow. And that was the year that many Ramirez came to Taiwan. I think he played here for like a month or two or something like that. A very short period of time, but he was actually a very well received and very very popular here in Taiwan for the, for the for the period that he he was here. And the announcer has a very unique way of calling the uh, the home run call. And he came to me and asked me how to translate uh, the his uh, home run call in Mandarin to English. So I just mm-hmm. gave him the line, yeah. and he tried it uh, while many Ramirez was calling the home run, and yeah. he tried it on the air. That it did went viral. And uh, it was a very special year for us here in 2013 when many Americans came here. Uh, in that year, actually, it was a big, uh, a very, a big boost of the baseball here because uh, in 2013, um, before the season, we uh, participated in the World Baseball Classic. 
and we were able to advance to the second round for the first time in the history of the WBC. So uh, it brought a lot of uh, exciting and you know, attention uh, to baseball here in, in Taiwan. So the fans are very excited about it. And then uh, the team, the Ida Rhinos, brought in uh, Manny Ramirez. It was another crazy thing uh, for the fans to see. Because uh, Manny Ramirez actually came to Taiwan to play uh, for the Dodgers series mm-hmm. in uh, 2010. And of course, because of the, the Red Sox success, uh, you know, starting from 2004, 2007, and of course, 2000. I mean, th- those years, uh, the, uh, the fans here are very familiar with Manny Ramirez as well. So uh, uh, for him to be able to come to Taiwan is one of the biggest names that ever appeared in Taiwanese baseball. There was a boost year for uh, for Taiwanese baseball in that year. So uh, that, that the home run call uh, went viral, and then he came back, to, and the announcer came back to thank me, saying that now uh, the translation time helped him uh, to, to translate his uh, home run call in Mandarin made him more famous uh, for him mean, during that time as the video went viral. And uh, yeah, wow, we, we heard that many remember, yeah, well, that, that is what uh, he's been saying in, in Mandarin. So uh, he just asked me to. I guess he has quite uh, a sense of humor. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he also has a lot of different kind of uh, home run calls, but that is one of the most famous and uh-huh. most uh, notable one uh, <laughs> among the many of uh, the home run calls that he made. Um, and I'd also like to talk a little bit about um, baseball and its history with respect to Taiwan. Sure. There's a long history, you know, like how yes. we came to Taiwan. Um, I believe it was brought over by the Japanese, right? And could you talk a little bit about yes. that and how yeah. it's changed over time? Oh, sure. I mean, it was brought to, uh, I mean, the baseball game was brought to Japan by the American soldiers, Mm -hmm. and it was brought to Taiwan uh, by Japanese during the colonial time. And, uh, uh, of course, we have some uh, success during the the high school baseball here in Taiwan. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, regarding uh, the Taiwanese team participated in the Japanese uh, high school tournament. And the thing is that baseball, after the uh, 1949, well, baseball was, in a way, used in a way um, to give the Taiwanese people the confidence uh, on the on the stage of international, uh, not just international politics, or, but international world. And at that time, uh, well, as much as you, you understand that uh, we were having very limited uh, space in, in international politics, mm-hmm. uh, the baseball and the sports itself is probably the only way they can uh, have Taiwanese shown uh, in the world in, in, mm-hmm. in any sense because it is you know less restricted than the than the politics. So uh, and then with a good um, performance in the world, like in you know, Williamsport, the Little League, and those, those kind of tournaments, and baseball here was in a way used as, as or treated as, as a national. I mean, the players were treated as national heroes because they were able to uh, have a very good performance on the international stage. And it has also uh, helped the general public to boost the confidence because we were, you know, because of the international uh, political situation that we were in. But you know, down in uh, when the time became to uh, goes to like 1980s or, or 1990s, we were losing a lot of players mm-hmm. uh, to the international uh, professional baseball. Uh, like most, most, most of them uh, in Japan, and mm-hmm. we started to have a few going to the states. So uh, at that time, that it, it was. Uh, decided by uh, some some of the baseball teams in Taiwan that we need a professional baseball league to try to keep our good players in Taiwan and for them to perform in front of our uh, countrymen. So uh, mm-hmm. it was in 1989, uh, the league was formed, and now we are entering the 31st season 
uh, of the professional baseball here. Yeah, I mean, there's a, like, I dug up a lot of research on this. Like, it's very interesting, mm. the popularity of the Taiwanese Little League. It was, like, a, such a huge yes, source yeah. of pride for overseas Taiwanese. And then yes. it, there is some kind of relationship between the Little League and the Professional Baseball League in Taiwan, is there? Is there not? Oh, yeah. The thing is, oh, I mean, nowadays we would not uh, emphasize the importance of how successful we are in the Little League, but... Uh, uh, for the for the famous players here in Taiwan, they they I mean when they were you know kids, like most of them uh, actually participate in the little league. And right. one of the interesting thing is that uh, in the very very early days, uh, it is also a, a very sensitive uh, issue. But when the the kids team goes to the states, mm. especially to the Williamsport uh, to play the little league yep. World Series, because at that time there were a lot of uh, uh, overseas Taiwanese, they would uh, actually. I read the news about it. They would rent the airplane <laughs> to drag up big posters saying that, uh, you know, Taiwan independence, th those kind of uh, posters uh, behind uh -huh. the airplane to drag uh -huh. them on the field. So, uh -huh. uh, you know, at that time, uh, it, it was a very uh, interesting uh, scenario. Yeah, it's a for very sensitive kids. time for people to police. Yeah, it is very like sensitive that. time uh, at that time. Yeah, but. Uh, it is very special for the kids you know, to see something like that uh, when they're playing on the field. Uh, as one of the, um, uh, the overseas Taiwanese are trying to make a point of our mm -hmm. political uh, you know, stand. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, mean, I mean, nowadays, nobody really cares about, about that. I mean, everybody's talking about the pro-independence and everything. And, uh, but, uh, I mean, that is actually, you know, uh, the Little League Baseball and following the, the development of the professional baseball here, they are really tied up with the situation that Taiwan was in uh, in the international politi uh, political war. Especially, well, I also like to make a point out, uh, a lot of people, uh, ever since we started broadcast, and then we, we, we introduced the war that we are called uh, CPBL, here the Chinese Professional Baseball League. And a lot of people, especially the, the foreign uh, viewers, they, they, they really don't know why uh, in Taiwan and, and we have a name called Chinese Professional Baseball League here. Mm -hmm. And I explained to a lot of people, especially one of the, the, the media people, saying that, I mean, the CPBL was founded back in something like 31 years ago. At that right. time, the, the political atmosphere is different from mm -hmm. now. And at that time, that if you're going to start a new uh, organization, you can't, you, you can't use the word Taiwan to be the, the starting name of your organization, you're supposed to use Chinese or maybe right. uh, ROC, uh, Republic of China, those kind of words. And that was the that was the regulations at that time. That was in a very different uh, political atmosphere that we had 31 years ago. Everything now is different, but the thing is the CBO has, has uh, built its name uh, during the past 31 years. So probably they are not going to think about changing the name in the near future. But, of course, it is also possible for them to change the name. But, uh, you know, the citing the, the image issues that they, they, they have built uh, during the past 31 years, I don't think it's going to happen very soon uh, for the league to uh, change the name. But I just want to let everybody out there know that the reason why we're called CPBO instead right. of calling uh, Taiwan Professional Baseball League I mean, yeah. there was a reason there. There was a background there. Mm -hmm. And it's also related to political and history issues. 
Yeah, it's certainly very confusing, um, but there's we could have a whole discussion about that because there's a lot of confusing things yeah. like China Airlines and oh, yeah, different sure. things. Oh, yeah. Um, but I understand that there was actually a Taiwan Major League for a short time too, right? Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and, and they, they're existing, I think it was in, uh, they started in 1996 and seven around mm-hmm. there, but it only lasted for six seasons. And after... Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of 2002, they got merged uh, with CPBL. So uh, right now, there's only one league. And uh, I mean, uh, for those six years, there was a big uh, war of the leagues at that, uh-huh. at that time for, for, for both leagues. I mean, yeah. both leagues are trying to get the players. Both leagues right. are trying to get uh, the, the, the audience and the supporters. Yeah, but uh, after six years, I, I guess uh, it was time to end uh, the war. And... Uh, with the uh, testament of the, the president then, Chen Shui-bian, uh, he came mm-hmm. to the, uh, the merger uh, announcement, and uh, finally, I mean, the, the, the war of two leagues ended in, in, in that year. And if starting 2003, uh, we started to have six teams, uh, mm-hmm. four from the CBBO, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, there, there were four teams on Taiwan Major League, and, but they cut it down to two teams and joined the league. So starting 2003, we have six teams until... 2009, after the season of 2009, uh, two teams uh, dropped out of the league. So uh-huh. we have four teams uh, from, from then until now. Um, and it's, it's really interesting to think about the times that we're in now with the coronavirus pandemic yes. and mm-hmm. how the last time we had a world pandemic was the so-called Spanish flu in 1918, yeah. which yes. of course is the same year that the Red Sox won the World Series. So what do you think is the, <laughs> yeah. the Red yeah. Sox winning this year? Well, the thing is, I, I really doubt that there will be a season here in the Major League yeah. Baseball this year right now. And mm-hmm. this, I mean, uh, one of the reasons is, that, I mean, everybody should be still uh, be very cautious on, on the pandemic situation right now. Although that we are able to do, we're able, although, I mean, Taiwan, we're able to have a season, we're able to have the season with the fans on the stand. We are also, you know, still very careful about, you know, our daily routines because, you know, for example, like whenever we come to the stadium, we have to go through two or three different uh, checkups on our temperatures mm-hmm. and we have to sign in mm-hmm. and uh, we have to give our uh, health declaration from the oh, and we, we sanitize everything, uh, whatever we, we're going to touch. For, for, for example, the, whenever I go to the booth to work, I brought my own alcohol spray to spray on everything, which I know that maybe my staff already did it, but we just have to be very careful about sure. that. And also on top of it, the Major League Baseball are having a uh, serious dispute, or if mm-hmm. I may say so, uh, at this mm-hmm. time. So, uh, and I just read the uh, the news yesterday, that, I mean, the, the proposed salary and uh, the agreed uh, uh, salary amount of agreement signed between the Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Player Association back in, uh, late March, it was very different. So uh, well, I, I, well, I do hope that they sort out the differences and bring baseball back to yeah. uh, American audience. Also, the, uh, I mean, audience worldwide. But um, it looks like there, there, there's a very huge gap between uh, what the players uh, want and what the, what the owners want. So uh, I'm a little bit skeptical spect- uh, uh, right now um, you know, to, to think there will be a season uh, starting as soon as July 4th. And, mm-hmm. uh, well, we just have to see. Yeah, I believe that they're all very smart people and they, they should, uh, there should be a way for them to sort things out. 
But um, well, I'm speaking of the 1918 uh, flu. Spanish flu. I mean, that that was the year. Even when, when the flu was going on, uh, the season still carried on. And yeah. uh, I mean, uh, it's in, in the history of Major League Baseball, the game. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, in the history of Major League Baseball, not, not even uh, the World War Two, you know, got any games canceled because uh, President <laughs> Roosevelt was was supporting to have the game at that time and mm-hmm. saying that it is one of the that, that provides uh, the working people. Uh, not just the sense of normalcy, but the sense of uh, entertainment in the hard time when, when the country is fighting in the world war. So um, it, it is certainly a very, very different year this year, not just for Major League Baseball, for the entire world. Uh, yes. No matter it's in sports or it's in other business, uh, it's very tough and very difficult this year. Yeah, it's very interesting to see how the attitudes are very different um, from how things are being handled versus uh, 1918 yeah. Spanish flu. Um, do you have any um, recommendations or resources for people who want to know more about Taiwanese baseball, professional baseball league, and um, oh, sure. Web- uh, I mean, uh, like how mm-hmm. to understand what's going on there? Sure. Uh, look, uh, just uh, uh, I mean, f- for the games itself, you can uh, everybody out there who's interested in our games, you can definitely go to Twitter, uh, you know, and then you can just uh, search for uh, the Fubang Guardians and mm-hmm. the CTBC Brothers and Lactin Monkeys, mm-hmm. and also we have the Uni Lions. And mm-hmm. for the for the channels wise, uh, you can go to Eleven Sports Taiwan to mm-hmm. watch the games for the Lions and for the uh, Monkeys because Eleven Sports Taiwan. They do have the rights for these two teams, and also you can go to uh, you can also go to Twitter and uh, search for Fubang Guardians. Then uh, that's the team's official handle, and then of course all the games you will be shown there on Twitter as well. And as far as the research goes, um, there, there are a few interesting sites that you, you guys can go. Uh, for example, for example, there's a CPBO stats. It provides uh, like detailed information on, on the st- uh, stats part, and also that there are stories uh, about. Uh, CBBO as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and of course, the CBBO official website. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure that whether um, you can get a lot of English information on it uh, right now, but there are some to just you know bring you a very basic information on the history of uh, the league and development of the league, mostly hi- historical uh, information. Uh, and of course, th- there are stats uh, for the current season and for the past season as well. And the thing is, uh, you probably have to know uh, a little bit of Chinese in order to uh, take the, the stats from the CBO sure. official website. But uh, uh, I believe they start to provide some English content. Mm-hmm. Well, and, um, I, I, I believe that it was never in CBO's uh, wildest dream that they become so popular internationally yeah. over the night. But uh, <laughs> they are trying to provide English information uh, nowadays to the fan worldwide. So, uh, I'll go to the official website, and then you will be able to go to the uh, the, the club's website. And there, there will be links that you can find uh, on the CBBO website. Also, the uh, CBBO stats, they provide very good uh, content for the stats and the stories. Especially, I, I believe that they do the everyday um, a preview of the games. So, mm-hmm. uh, that will be one of the good sources uh, to go to. Great. Going back to um, your days in Boston and your um, love of the Red Sox, is it true that your nickname is like Boston Richard Boston? Oh Boston? yes, yes. Yeah, at that time, yeah. Well, the, the thing and the reason I had a nickname is that I, I, as I told you, that I started to write for the magazine 
-huh. in Taiwan about Major League Baseball. So uh, they were asking me if I want to use a pen name. So I just figured that, okay, then I'll just use Boston as my pen name. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, and then after I come back to Taiwan to work in the baseball industry, uh, everybody knows me as Boston. So there was a joke. Um, mm -hmm. uh, one of the club owners actually uh, called the league one day. And it was mm -hmm. like many, many years ago. He, he called the league asking for me. And then he told the, uh, the, the front desk uh, lady that uh, I want to look for, uh, I want to speak to Boston. And then <laughs> the lady say, okay, let me put you through. And then uh, the owner actually just you know, talked to the, to the front desk lady and said, hold on one second. What is this? Chinese name, <laughs> what is his real name? Everybody's been calling me Boston. So at that time, not that many people know my real name or Chinese name. But okay. uh, well, um, but the thing is, of course, I was, people were calling me Boston. At that time, nobody actually really know what my English name is. So uh, until this year, because uh, of the uh, the broadcasting, we we're just gonna. I'm not going to show the word. No, you're not going to see the word Boston right next to you know the, the commentator or broadcaster. So <laughs> I, I told him to use my real name, like which is Richard Wong, and <laughs> like a lot of people say, okay. So after I knowing you for like 20 years, you know, I've just found out that your <laughs> English name is Richard Wong. So that, that was one of the funnier thing uh, as well because of the the broadcasting in English. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's really put you in the spotlight too. Yeah, that's surreal and not expected. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I would also like, it seems to me like the love of baseball is so deeply rooted in like Taiwan because even on the $500 mm. bill, right? The $500 oh, yeah. bill yeah. has an image of a little league yes. team's victory. Yes. Yeah, I think I believe that is from one of the teams uh, that participate in the, uh, the Little League World Series. But I, I don't remember how long ago it was, but it was. It was very, very long ago. And then, you know, for a country to put a baseball team's image on the bill, that you can just tell that, uh, you know, how deeply uh, baseball has uh, influenced us and impacted us uh, in our daily lives. So uh, we just hope that, you know, by, by being able to uh, present baseball to the world in this very difficult time as well, you know, our lives are all turned upside down for, because of the pandemic. And uh, we are also, you know, being able to, to show the world our love to baseball and then to use baseball as a platform to show the world that uh, what kind of uh, great job we, we have been doing here in fighting against the coronavirus. Yeah, I mean, it's just really interesting to see the cycle of how, you know, the role that baseball has played with uh, Taiwan's international image through all these yes, decades, yeah. definitely, for sure. Great. Is there anything else you'd like to let our listeners know either about you or baseball in Taiwan? Um, any resources for them? Uh, for myself, I believe that it's enough. But uh, for, well, maybe I would like to say that, um, you know, uh, as the pandemic will, will ease in the foreseeable future, as all of you out there are watching our games, we, we always tell the, the audience that we would like to invite you to come to Taiwan when, when the travel is possible, when the traveling ban has been lifted. And for you guys to come to Taiwan uh, to enjoy baseball, to enjoy Taiwanese baseball in person. So you can have the food, you can have the dance, you can have the songs and with everybody here in Taiwan in the stadium. And I believe that it will be a very exciting and interesting experience for you as far as international travel is concerned. And uh, it'll be also a, a very good opportunity for us to show you 
not just baseball, right? For you come to Taiwan, you, you're going to enjoy the food and your and the culture and everything here Taiwan has to offer. So uh, please stay tuned with us. Uh, when, when the pandemic eases, uh, we would like to welcome everybody out there who's been enjoying our games with us to come to Taiwan to see Taiwan for yourself. That's great. Thank you so much for your time. And um, oh, Thank you for having yeah. me. I've been speaking with Richard Boston Wong, the voice of baseball, an English-language broadcaster for Taiwan's Baseball League. If you'd like to know where you can watch the CPBL's games and where you can learn more about the CPBL's teams, stats, and stories, we'll be sharing all of those links on our website, www.talkingtaiwan.com. There you'll also find some photos and video clips of recent baseball games in Taiwan. If you enjoyed this episode of Talking Taiwan, please take the time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Taiwan. I'm your host, Felicia Lin. Talking Taiwan is brought to you by Forumosa.com.